Thanks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This is, uh, it's always weird to start a podcast live. So Don and I will I'll do our best uh, uh, to do this. We, so just um, the way that we always uh, kind of start these conversations when we do them live is, to, is just to ask people what they do when it comes to podcasting. And so the, the classic question that Don always asks, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it today. Sorry, you're not going to talk right away. Yeah. Um, so how many of you um, have heard of a podcast before? <laughs> Excellent. How many of you listen to podcasts? And uh, we've been doing this for uh, 13 years, or no, something like that, 12 years. Um, and that number of people was a lot smaller uh, when we started. Certainly the medium of podcasting is, uh, has really changed over the last uh, five or six years and it's become so much more popular, I think, because of true crime um, podcasts, most likely. Um, but uh, you know, how many of you have, have heard about Food Safety Talk or Risking or Not before the introduction today? Okay. I'm... How many of you regularly listen? <laughs> and it's, it's okay if only Aaron raises it. Yeah. <laughs> we know Aaron listens. Yeah. And, and Matt. And, and Matt. Yeah. Call out to Matt. Thank you. Um, so, of just to kind of start things off, Don and I actually started this podcast here at IAFP, um, and uh, we we started uh, at the 100-year uh, anniversary of IAFP, and um, StoryCorps from NPR um, was part of like an oral history project that IAFP put together, and Don and I knew each other, um, you know, sort of. I mean, we, we knew who we talked, and and but we didn't hang out as, as much as we do now. Um, and we got paired up together just to talk for 30 minutes about our experiences in food safety, um, how we got here, and, and sort of our perspectives. And you know, my, my, my background um, is really around what people do and why they do it, and how do we communicate food safety to try and impact those behaviors. And Don's backgrounds, he's a math nerd. Um, and he, yeah, he likes, he likes math um, and, and microbiology and math related to that. And so we just started talking and at the end of it, Don's like, um, do you know what a podcast is? And I was like, yeah. Ben said, no, no. And then I said, do you want to do one? And he said, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, good. Cause you just recorded one. Uh, and, uh, and then we started, um, really, you know, just trying to figure out how to, um, what, what a show might look like. We started, I, I started listening to a lot of podcasts. Don was already a really avid podcast listener. And, um, we had through that we, we kind of had friends in the podcasting world who we you know were invited to be on their shows and and started to listen and started to craft and form what it is that we that we do and so for those who don't avidly listen to food safety talk or risky or not what we do is every couple of weeks um don and i jump on zoom and talk to each other about things that we think are interesting in food in food safety right now in our lives sometimes it's like hey was that this I was at this conference. I saw some cool stuff. Um, have you heard about this? Sometimes we talk about the the news that's happening, um, but really, it I, I use it. I would and we, we like this is not gratuitous. I'd say this um, all, all the time. I I really use it just to hang out with Don every two weeks. Like we would do it. We would talk for a couple hours, even if we weren't recording it. And it's kind of just a bonus that we for us that we record it and share it with others. But when we do it. Um, so we used to, then, then Seth Spence said we do it on Zoom. We used to do it on Skype. 
But one of the things about podcasting is it is an auditory medium. It is not a visual medium. And you may you may think that I'm sitting here somewhat awkwardly and looking at you guys. It's because I don't want to look at him. Because when we do this, we don't actually look at each other. Yeah. Which 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 makes for it, it's it's easy. It's it's if you ever had to talk to somebody in person, it's a lot easier because you can pick up on visual cues about when one person should start and the other person should stop. And when you're doing it and not looking, I mean, we do have cameras on our computers and we could look at each other, but we've done it for so long not looking at each other that it's just it's kind of it's it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to look at yeah so yeah absolutely right and and when we um when we do get together you know like i every year there's a handful of times where we see each other during the year it's always this awkward like who's going to make eye contact first because we'll talk to each other just like we are on you know on our podcast and then it's like uh like darting eyes um, uh, away, and then then you can kind of like get back into what it's like to be like you know with somebody and like looking at them. Um, and you know, I guess the the other thing I wanted to share. So that's food safety talk, and we like you know, and you'll see this today. We just ramble right for um, for this two is, hours. This is the show. Yeah, this is the show. It's if already. You're wondering when it's going to start. It yeah, has yeah, already started. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one of our friends in the in the podcast space. Um, a guy named Merlin Mann um, reached out to, to Don and said, hey, um, your show's great. It's, um, <laughs> you ramble, um, it's cool. But what would be great is instead of like just dithering about whether something's gonna make somebody sick or not, which is kind of you know, what we do for half an hour sometimes, they're like, let's look at this from lots of different perspectives because risk is not like black and white. It's not like, you know, um, it's not binary. Uh, Merlin kind of said, we want you to make a show that's binary that like, do you got like 10 or 15 minutes, take a topic and you gotta, you have to pick, is this risky or not? And so just straight up answer, straight up answer. Like, you know, you can give a little background on how you, how you do it, how you got there. And we, so, um, I was, I was telling others earlier, we've recorded, uh, about 280 pod, uh, um, uh, food safety talk podcasts uh but we started risky or not right like at, uh, right before the pandemic we started recording in january 2020 um and since then we i, I think we're at like 430 or something episodes of risky or not and so we created this like library where on for us on when you're on social media and someone's like oh this thing came up and we get tagged on twitter like is this risky or not like 80 percent of the time we did an episode about it um and so we can kind of like you know, uh, send, send that out there. But um, we, I guess we've cultivated this weird listener base that are, is really constantly challenging us um, on very specific risky or not questions. And so um, I looked up and we're gonna, how we're gonna kind of do things today is we're gonna talk a little bit about some food safety talk type things and we'll do a few risky or not so you get a flavor of that and then open it up for, for questions and um, comments and any risky or not that might be here in the room. and. Um, for risky or not, we don't, uh, we don't prep. We kind of just like well, a little bit, like, well, yeah, we have a list, we have a list, we have a spreadsheet. And yeah. so, as Ben said, we've done 430 episodes and we probably have another 400 ideas for episodes sitting in that yeah. Google sheet. 535, 535 of just like questions that have come in, um, from people and we'll never get to things like Ewok Jersey, which is one of the, or, not Jersey, yeah, Ewok Turkey, 
um, you know, Ewoks from Star Wars, is that risky or not? Right, um, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> let me get this right. If you take a fictional fuzzy creature yes. that everyone loves and you make it into jerky, would that make you sick or not? That's an actual idea that someone pitched that want they want us to answer. Yes, yes. So we created a very special part of the internet. Um, <laughs> that, and the internet's for everyone. Apparently. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, so that that's kind of the story of, of how we got into it. Um, the, the two shows, um, we, we have different, it's, it's different types of listeners as well. So one of the things, especially like as, as we, we talk um, here today to you, um, I, I, yeah, I never know motivations on why people come to our live podcast, but maybe you want to like learn more about um, who is listening to us and what's happening out there. The food safety talk, we hear from, um, we hear from lots of different folks because it's like, it's a long form podcast. People um, uh, might check in and check out of that one. Uh, uh, one of my favorites is uh, we hear from graduate students quite a bit, especially here at IFP, where people will use Food Safety Talk as like studying for qualifying exams, which is, I don't know how great an idea that is, um, but that, because we well, talk, yeah. Maybe maybe if you're doing something else, like the great thing about podcasts is you can do it yeah. while you're walking the dog or while you're driving to work or going for a walk or, or you know, whatever, whatever it is that you do where you can do more than one thing at a time. I don't, I'm not sure I would recommend it as a way of just, just listening, just for, well, maybe, maybe if you listen at 2X. At 2X, yeah, yeah. Um, but we try to touch on lots of different things that are going on. So it, it sometimes keeps people up, up to date on, um, you know, the world of food safety. Another group that we hear a lot from are um, local and state regulators who are, you know, like in the field and driving from place to place and are listening to to our podcast and it's like a weird like I for for me um it, it it makes sense that that that's a group that we connected with but it's not what we kind of went out to to do and so it's it's really interesting to just hear from from them and so like sometimes our um I it it's I don't know about Don it makes me like curate my thoughts a little bit sometimes like oh who like who might be using this um and uh, and I think that that's more for me over the 10 years that we've been, or 11 years of, that we've been doing it. And, and I'll, I'll add, I think a, thir a third and, and really important component of our audience uh, would be people that are not, they're no, what I would call normal people, okay? <laughs> they're not like us, right? Like we're not normal people, right? We have this very specific in-depth knowledge about a specific area. And then we also have normal people that listen to the podcast who just happen to be like really into Brewing their own kombucha, or 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 making gluten-free cookies, or or what have you, right? And these are just people that have are really interested in in food, right? They're kind of food nerds or foodies. They're not food scientists and they're not food safety experts, but they really have found us, and we found them as an audience. And and so when we do these podcasts, at least I'm always yeah. thinking about, okay, so is this somebody with a PhD who works at a regulatory agency who I'm going to see later who's listening to listen to this this nonsense that I'm spouting or is it a graduate student or is it maybe again just a normal person and it really it, it makes it it's challenging to do because we sometimes get lost in the, the details and the weeds and then usually one of us will remember to like kind of sometimes pull that back out and explain that for a normal person but it's a it's a yeah it's it's and it's for those of you who have listened to podcasts and, and ever 
met someone that ha is, has done a podcast that you've only mostly just listened to, podcasting is, it's a very intimate medium. And they really, the people that listen to podcasts really feel like they're part of that audience. And it's super weird when you meet somebody that you you know, you know their thoughts, you know about their kids, you know what their life has been like, you know the argument that they're having with the neighbors who keep throwing stuff over the fence into their <laughs> ravine. And um, and then if you meet them in real life, it's like, wow, I know so much about you. And they're like, yeah, I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and um, you know, and that, it, that kind of thing certainly happens um, to us. It happens to us like quite a bit here at IAFP. Um, I'll, I'll give a call out to um, someone that I met um, at uh, the, after the opening reception was um, uh, a uh, local health inspector named John, who I didn't know before at all, but he's been listening to our podcast since 2014. He'd never reached out before, but he said that um, when he learned that IAFP was going to be in Canada, from us on our podcast, he's like, I gotta go and convinced, you know, the local public health authority in Ottawa to come and brought a couple of his, um, a couple of his friends. And that's so like rewarding, I think to us, cause, cause that's a, that's a, an audience that we, we really, really value. And, and I, you know, being part of, this is my 21st IAFP, um, being part of IAFP, I, I really value how we've kind of grown what we're doing with local and state regulators over the time that, that I've, I've been here. And so it was really cool to meet John. He's like, hey, you don't know me. And we're going to have this awkward conversation because I'm not going to look at you. Um, and he did. He stood right beside me. And we didn't because it's it's like Tom said, it's, 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 audio it's audio medium. And he's like, it's very bizarre to like hear your voice right here. And I just want to let you know, here's the reason why like why I'm here. I didn't know anything about this world before you and Don really opened this up. It's something that, um, that I really value. And, and, and now I'm here and I'm taking this in. It's like, man, that's kind of blows you away. Um, sometimes when, uh, when you, when you meet people that you, you, like Don said, you don't, we just push out audio, right? Like we don't get any, I mean, we get feedback from Aaron who's like, you guys should talk about this. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, we don't, we don't hear from, from the, yeah, the listeners, uh, most of them, uh, just some that, that engage with us. But one thing uh, before, like, you know, I guess before jump, we start the show. Yeah, before we start the show. But we usually how we start Food Safety Talk is we talk about what we're watching on Netflix and stuff just to warm up. So we spared that, um, spared you that today. Oh, we're not going to do that? No. I prepared a whole Oh, oh okay. Master and Commander. Oh, no. Uh, so um, so uh, one, one thing that, you know, these, I'm, I'm looking at our risky or not spreadsheet. One thing that I, I found really cool about this is that when something happens on the internet in the, you know, bowels of Reddit or on TikTok, some sort of trend that, that happens, ultimately that stuff makes it to us through a listener and it keeps us abreast of what's going on in a way that I had, like, I, I try to consume a lot of internet, probably more than is healthy, but um, you know, the, we, we talked uh, on Food Safety Talk and on Risky or Not about a trend um, uh, on TikTok called uh, about butterboards. Does anybody know about butterboards? Yeah. So essentially, um, you put butter on a cutting board and you make it look fancy and then you leave it out for a party and people dip into it and, and eat it. And I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, we got five or six questions 
uh, about it. And then, so, you know, okay, we added to the list. Don and I talked a little bit over text about it. And then, like, the New York Times called and was like, uh, risk or not, butterboards. And they're like, hey, I, I know the answer to that. Well, yeah. Let me look it up. Let me look, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's like stuff like that that's, that I find also really, really helpful is it forces us to pay attention. Um, or I wouldn't say pay attention. It forces, it a lot, it, it keeps us up to date about, about what's happening because people are feeding us stuff that they're seeing um, on the internet. Um, my favorite one on this for Risky or Not most recently was um, uh, New Jersey Woods Pasta. Um, and so, so there is like, again. It's not a restaurant name. Yeah. No, that's literally pasta that someone found in the woods. In, like a lot of pasta yeah. that someone found in the woods in New Jersey. Like hundreds of pounds. And so so someone pitched it to us and was like, well, risky or not. They're like, hey, this is a great one. And, and what one the one of the bits that we do have on our podcast is they have bits. We have bits. Yeah, you don't you don't know this, but um, is that uh, people are like, it, you know, they'll ask us a question and we're like, well, it's risky or not. It's not would you eat it or not? Or is it gross or not? So we, we really try to like go like, what is the what is the risk here? Like we're not advocating that you go out into the woods in New Jersey and find some pasta. And you will. You will find it. I mean, like this is just one of the pasta fields that exists. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's the right, right. Um, and so one of the things that, you know, and it, it was really funny to like look around the room and just see the little pockets of people that acknowledge that they had heard of this thing. And then like the laughter around it. And it's like, Oh, you are, you're online. <laughs> you're out there. You know, what's, you know, what's going on um, in, you know, in the world of weird food safety stuff. Um, so one of my, I'm going to do another bit. Um, just I, so I, you people, like this. The audience, they, they love it. Half of them, half of them, half of them write in and say, Ben should do more bits, more bits, more bits. And the other ones say he should definitely not do more. So it's true. I have um, like, so I, I subscribe to Apple News and this is not a plug for Apple News or anything. Don does not. Um, well, and not only that, it's have you, do you ever know one of those people that subscribes to Apple News and they want to send you something and they send you something from Apple News and it's like, would you like to join Apple News? No, I just want to see the article yeah. that my friend who listens to, who uses Apple News sent to me and I can't do that. And I'm, I'm all in on Apple except for maybe Apple News. And it's really annoying, but, it, go, but it's, go ahead. It's totally annoying, but Apple News has like, um, you can search it for, I mean, it's like Google Alerts, right? Like you can set up alerts for things that are happening. So I have in my Apple News feed, just a food safety feed. What are the things that are happening in food safety? I'll just tell you as food safety professionals in the room, it's terrible. The stuff that like the things that are, that pop up in Apple News, it's not really food, like we're not doing a good job on our like search engine optimization for Apple News to get the stuff that we think is important out there. What comes up, and I will read you a headline, um, and we're gonna go through this because I think it's fun. Okay. Um, Ten grocery shopping habits you need to change ASAP. So, so these are um, in the world of online. These are known as like listicles, which I coined riskicles, um, which is like odd and weird to say. But this is what I want. I want to talk about. All right. Wait, so, we we do we do these top X lists things a lot. Yeah. And they're it's a bit. And they're it's a bit. It's really annoying. So 10 things you should, from the grocery store that you should stop doing ASAP. Now, and one now. of the and one of the one of the, I think one of the best ways that we deal with these articles is and I and I I've actually kind of turned down I do I do talk a lot with reporters in my job. 
And I, I really don't like it when they call and they say, hey, can you give me the top 10 riskiest things that shoppers need to stop doing? And, and, and I can't, and I, and I won't, and it's just annoying. But, but I think a fun thing to do, if it's all right, it's your oh, show. No, it's, but yeah. I think a fun, a fun thing to do would be for me to guess what I think those things are. That's the okay. bit. That's the right. bit. All right. So, all right. So here's the part where I have to have to think. Um, so I would say, well, let me. What one? What are the things that I would like someone to stop doing in the grocery store? Um, I would I would like them to stop buying frozen food first, right? Maybe buy frozen food at the end. Uh, I would say buy buy non-TCS foods, that's a, that's a temperature control for safety. Benefit. Got it, got I it. Know that. I know that one. Um, that's, we used to call those potentially hazardous foods. Um, but they're all, that, that they're made, all hazardous. That, made, that name made no sense, but that we got we, we fixed that. Um, uh, time temperature control. For, so I would say buy the non-TCS foods first, and then the refrigerated foods, and then the frozen foods. Now, is that three listicles, or is that one that's three? Yeah. I don't know. You, it, you keep track. Okay, got I'll it, got going. it. Yeah. All right. I would say another thing that you should stop doing. Well, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I know some people get really don't like people that handle produce and then put it back, right? It doesn't, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it gets, again, that's, that's like gross or not. Yes. Am I really going to get norovirus or salmonella from somebody handling the, the red pepper before I picked it up? No, it's probably gross. People shouldn't do it, but I'm not like super worried about that. Um, and I'm running out of items, Ben. <laughs> I yeah. think we're about at the end of my list. Well, and there's, so this is one that I thought was really interesting. There's a few things on here that are not food safety related, but oh, there are a couple that are. Grocery store, but. but Yeah, it's like, uh, don't go shopping hungry, right? Like, cause, okay. yeah, because then you're going to buy more. So what's the headline again? Uh, it is the grocery shopping habits you need to change ASAP. Oh, all right, so yeah. going shopping hungry would be, that's yeah. an actual habit. All right, so that, that, yeah. that's consistent. Shopping without a list, like, okay. I thought you were going to say shopping without a license. Well, without a license. Um, uh, next one on, on this list is in, um, uh, buying only organic items. That's something you should stop doing? Yes. If you if you do that, just stop. Can you can you, can you, uh, you want me to tell my wife? Yeah. yeah. Um, it certainly has its perks. Um, if you're going to eat a whole piece like a berry or a carrot or apple, lean towards organic. The items protected by a thick and edible peel like an avocado. Conventional is fine. Like, there's not a lot of science to this, okay? Um, so you got to close to one about okay. where or, like, what you want to do, but they have it as not preparing to tote your groceries home. So they want you to bring a reusable shopping bag, but make sure it's clean and sanitized first, right? You don't want any of those pathogens from 10 months ago magically any, jumping any on your... Any of those... Uh girl soccer players vomiting exactly bag, yeah right so we this reasonable shopping bags is a topic that we talked about ad nauseum on food safety talk because it's one of these things that makes these lists all the time people get stuck on it but from a risk standpoint if we think about like how how will pathogens move in that setting there's like no data and there there's one outbreak that got what dom was referring to that the headlines got placed on reusable shopping bags, but it was a norovirus outbreak related to storing food in a hotel bathroom where someone vomited. And the food was in a reusable bag, but the bag was not a factor at all. But that was that's where of most of, I would say, our reusable shopping bag risk conversations but, come but from. But you, you said there's no data, and that's, uh, that's not true. Very little data. Very little data. Um, there is a paper by Chuck Gerba, of course. There um, is. We studied that. Yes. Um, but so 
how you're going to tote your groceries home. If you're in New Jersey and you don't bring a reusable shopping bag, you know how you're going to tote your groceries home? Tell me. With great difficulty. With great difficulty. <laughs> there are no bags in New Jersey. There you go. Yeah. Well, I guess you're going to buy you're going to buy a reusable bag at the grocery store because we have a very strict strictest in the state. You still can't buy raw milk in New Jersey, but we we have we have a very very strict bag ban. Um, so so yeah so so that's that's that problem solved for you solved. in New Jersey. So when that article it gets sent in New Jersey, they, they take just that out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about like order. They they say here if you're buying warm food such as a rotisserie chicken, you'll also want to insulate the container to prevent other groceries from warming up and keep the chicken at a safe temperature to prevent foodborne illness. And so how am I gonna do that? I'm, with uh like bricks maybe they're good in am i gonna start a little fire in my shopping cart could keep the chicken warm it doesn't say not to do that that's all the how it doesn't say at the end of this list how you should stop is starting fires in your shopping grocery so, cart see now that's a, that's an interesting one and, and again yeah. and my and we and we've established if you're listening to the podcast uh if you listen to the podcast um, my wife is the person that goes to the grocery store in my family the person that goes to the grocery store in ben's family is mostly ben and he likes he likes shopping so much that he will go to several different grocery stores on purpose. Yes, because he likes shopping. And, and sometimes, like I, I'm, I'm like a European type shopper, Don. I will go daily to a couple of different. That's how you uh, get the fresh stuff. That's how you get the fresh stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, but this one, I, I do. Oh, wanna, so no. So yeah. can, sorry, can we come back to chickens for a minute? Yes. That's so yeah. That, that is that's actually that actually is interesting because I would say yeah, buy the frozen foods last. But also, if you're if you're if you're thinking about like TCS foods, um, refrigerated and, and, and hot foods, I had the rotisserie chicken hadn't hadn't come to mind. But that is something that we we will get on occasion. I guess you should buy that at the end too, right? Um, Can you just go home quick? Yeah. Like I'm not really worried about. No, but well, but if, but if I buy if I buy the ice cream first, okay, and then I buy the rotisserie chicken. And I put the rotisserie chicken on top of the ice cream. Like nobody's happy then, that's right? True, that's true. Because the chicken is cooling down and the ice cream is warming up, and that's just bad news, right? So, so maybe buy the chicken and the ice cream at the end, but then don't put them together on the cart. I don't know. I'm yeah. having trouble crafting this yeah. food safety message. And well, and I also think that like this one to me is a throwaway because what what really Ben, you have to get to ten. You got to get to 10. well, but I would I would have handled this differently and said, why? How about make sure you don't take like four hours to go home if you bought rotisserie chicken, right? Like it's, it's more yeah, about, go, go, yeah. the, it's, it's not about what I did in the grocery store, it's what happens afterwards. And I and I got a pretty good window of time before I'm gonna get growth or toxin formation. And and so I'm not, I, I just, I feel like people get, stuff like this deflects people to the wrong thing. And so, yeah, so one of those habits would be um, going to the grocery store before other errands. Yeah, right? so that, that would, would be that would actually be yeah. a really nice, sensible, science-based addition to this list. Would would be to say, yeah, go go, don't go to the grocery store before you go to, on your other, unless you're like that and you're going to like three stores. You do three in one day. Is that I, I, yeah, have, not, okay. I mean, it's not a normal. So, yeah. so what do you? How do you manage food safety for the from the first store? If you're going I, to I, let's do it quick. Oh, I guess if you're if you're, not, if you're European and you're just coming in and grabbing a loaf of bread. Yeah. A loaf of bread at one place and a, a fig of cheese at the other. I, I, deli an meat hour. Meat. Tops okay. from start to finish, leaving my house, coming back with food. Two, three grocery stores. Don't ever move to New Jersey. No, you won't ever be. True. Yeah. All right. Here's here's the one that I think we're gonna have our most amount of fun on. Um, uh, habit. Uh, buying discounted items that may be unsafe. So let me read you this entire paragraph. So, let me let me suggest this is this is a hot food safety tip for 
all of you folks, when you go to the grocery store, don't buy anything that's unsafe. Yeah. Okay. And you're all is microbiologists, there, right? So if they're discounted or not. Oh yeah. 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 I okay. would say I try to eat foods that are safe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'll read this one because it this is this is my favorite. Speaking of foodborne illness, beware of hyper discounted groceries if you can avoid them. Okay. Got it. Last. Not, I don't really know what that. I means, don't know what it means okay. either. Last day rotisserie. They really love rotisserie chicken. Just you know. Last day rotisserie chicken blowouts. <laughs> That cert. Let me just tell you. Certainly, that's the that's the show title today. Um, last day rotisserie chicken blowouts may have been at all different temperatures that can lead to bacteria growth and food poisoning. Dented cans pose a small risk for botulism, and pre-cut produce that's been on the shelf may be growing bacteria. That's one sentence. So that's that's a lot to unpack. That's a lot. And there's more. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not done. Keep up, Don. End of day hot bar deals should also be a no go, thanks to a higher risk of foodborne illness. It depends. Be sure, there's more. Be sure to smell anything with a close <laughs> sell by date to avoid offsets. You don't want those offsets. Okay, so I'm going to sniff my bread when it's close to the. Yeah. What am I going to smell? No, I really think you're sniffing your, your rotisserie chicken blowout. <laughs> Oh, welcome to Food Safety Talk, everyone. Uh, so, I like this is one where I don't, truthfully, like I'm not, I don't even know how how to handle this one. So, <laughs> well, let's let's go back to that one sentence that had three different ideas uh -huh. in it, yeah. okay? And let's edit that sentence at least, maybe make it into three sentences. Um, the dented, they just glossed over dented cans, right? This, like I mean, I, tiny I, dented, dented cans. I mean, we've talked about this, right? So there are people who who don't have a lot of money to spend on food, right? And they will shop those those discounts. And so our job as extension professionals is to try to give them information to help them make good food safety decisions. And so in that case, it would be, well, you know, yes, if you can, if, if you, I mean, if, you, if you're gonna buy dented cans, just make sure the dent is not on the double seam, make sure the can's not rusted, make sure the can's not swollen. But other than that, if you can get a discount by buying a dented can, and again, all of us have the luxury of having enough food to eat and, and money to buy it. That's not true for everybody. And so if somebody is on a budget and they're buying dented cans, let's help them to do that safely instead of scolding them, um, you know, on this on this very annoying uh, list of articles. So um, so and then the last one was uh, fresh cut fresh cut produce that might be on the shelf. <laughs> right. Like what what I don't know what grocery store. Like I guess they're they're talking about you know the refrigerated you know air curtain shelves but but i like even this one really bothers me because it's like because it may be growing bacteria i mean it is growing bacteria it's definitely yeah it's definitely growing bacteria right? but but yeah. is it growing pathogens right is really yeah. and, the and the answer is if there's none there to begin with the answer is no and yeah. there were some there and and here's the thing even even if it's not on the shelf maybe if it's cold it's got, still got was potentially have listeria which is going to keep growing so yeah that's that's not very helpful what was the what was the first part of that very uh, it was uh, the chicken blowouts that were oh, all that, at different temperatures that can lead to bacteria growth and food poisoning. That's not going to confuse people. No. Oof. Yeah. So, all right. So we've got that one. The other one that, that I, I'll disagree with you on here is um, skipping out on the loyalty club. That's the habit. So, so, so the, it's confusing because I think they want you to skip out on the loyalty club, but then they talk about... Um, you know, basically, you should opt out of these texts and emails because you might be bought. 
but I look at it as you, this would probably be a good way, especially for those retailers who let people know that there's a recall happening, right. how to right. get you right. with right. that information. Right. I mean, there was an opportunity to educate someone and say, yes, if you, if you don't like your privacy being invaded, you want to keep that information secret, by all means, you should do that. But oh, by the way, there are a number of chains that will use that information to inform you when a product that you that they know that you purchased because they know who you are because you're a loyalty club member. Yeah, I mean, but, but that doesn't fit the mode of the article, which is ten things that you weren't worried about before that now you need to be anxious about. Yeah. So this this is the example. So I, I guess for those in the audience, um, there are two or three articles like this that float around the internet every week. Um, and, you know, like there was one, this was from a couple of weeks ago um, that we just talked about, but there was one that popped up today uh, in my feed about, you know, like four foods uh, that uh, food safety um, professionals never eat, right? And at restaurants, because sometimes it's like never eat at home or never eat while camping or never eat at the beach. And this one was about restaurants. And number four on the list was raw milk, which I thought was really interesting because don't know anywhere where you can get raw milk at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, but um, so stuff, stuff like this pops up, and we try to, I don't know, eviscerate it a little bit as we talk through it. Um, but I think that there's a challenge, like food safety-wise, where you know our our colleagues and friends in the world of retail, um, you know, at, at, we could call it a numerous folks. They they probably know about this stuff, and it drives them crazy, I'm sure, because, you know, the, there's some stuff that's implied in there. It's like, well, grocery stores aren't controlling temperatures, so don't trust, don't trust the hot bar at the end of the day. And it's like, ah, it's not. So what? Yeah. But again, like, don't trust that at the end of the day. What about the middle? Exactly. Yeah. You know, I would rather, what if, if it's a terrible grocery store, and which none of you are affiliated with, um, uh, and what if they do a lousy job with temperature control all day long. I mean, you know, versus going to a reputable chain where you know that, that where you can watch them come out every hour and check the temperature. Right, right. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, let's change here. Let's do a let's do a risk here now. So okay. That, that was that's a taste of food safety talk. Let's do a quick risk risk here now. Let's open it up for questions. And so and let and let so let me just explain like a little bit because I don't I, I guess we've sort of explained this on the show, but the way the way the sh the way that show works, and we and we've sort of evolved the way that we do the, the two shows. But the way that that show works is my job is to put everything into the spreadsheet. Mo I mean, mostly Ben. Ben yeah. good. He has he has the ability to, but he's kind of steering the ship with respect to food safety talk, right? And so with risky or not, um, I uh, I'm putting stuff in the spreadsheet. I'm giving it a the date. I started putting the date that I put it in because I think that's useful for me to get like more recent stuff. And then I give it a tentative number, and and that number um, it goes from one to four hundred and whatever. But the problem is, if I had to put stuff in at the beginning of the list, um, and I wanted to make sure it's at the top, I start putting like zero point five. So when I sort it to go, and then and then if it's something we really want to talk about, I give it a ranking of like zero point one. So when we sort it, it goes like way to the top. And then the way that it works is I don't look at that part of the spreadsheet. Because I, I know everything that's in there because I, I put most of it in there. Um, and then I just wait for Ben to pick one. And I mostly just don't want to know what it is because I want that idea of a fresh topic that I have no idea what I'm going to say until Ben says what the topic is. And then I start to think about it and, and go to work and, and we do our, we do our math. So. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, like I said at the start, 
we we really try not and in fact we say this in sort of every episode we promise to do our best not to waffle dither dissemble or equivocate and give you straight up answers about whether something's risky or not and we don't always agree like i probably oh, yeah we, we have data on this right yeah and that and that's that's the other i think kind of clever bit about the show and this was this was not a merlin man idea i think this is a copyright not chapter yeah. idea. So, to do something because because everything that we do like basically food safety pocket just a rip off of car talk right and and risky or not is basically just a, a rip off of cisco and either right and so the idea with with risky or not is you get uh you know uh, two not riskies or two riskies or we split the difference and and it's interesting most of the time Ben is more risk averse than I am, but there occasionally will be ones where I'll say it's risky and he'll say it's not. Yeah, and, and we have, this is the other thing about like being on the internet um, too much, is that we have listeners that track this and that there there is a, like, a, not a spreadsheet, like it's uploaded on GitHub where someone's actually tracks every episode that we do and about once every three or four months sends us updates of like, here's where you're trending. And he's, he's this guy, yeah. this person has, as my wife would say, don't they have anything else to do? But um, this person has written code on GitHub to go on our website and scrape the data and come up with this this algorithm, this 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 process by basically summarizing all yep. of our all of our decisions. And then I think the other coolest part about that is took that like data and algorithm and put it into Chat GPT to predict whether we would be risky or not on a variety of topics that have not yet come up and and then sent it to us and it was because we we talk a lot about ai and chat gpt um and how i think all of those listicles are generated just by chat gpt um so anyway here's one that came came in it's not even in the spreadsheet yet it's a it's new um it, it came came to us while we've been here at, at iifp okay uh it comes to us from at crucial tk who is a a, a, a long-time contributor to, to Risking Around and Food Safety Talk, someone who we don't know from at all, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Crucial TK could be here, we don't know, um, but is often uh, tagging us on things. So, at Bug Counter, at Benjamin Chapman, this cherry shaved ice syrup from Prime Day arrived with a leaking cap seal, and I'll, I'll describe what that is in a second for you. There's minor leaking in the box, and it was outside for an hour, at 85 degrees Fahrenheit before being brought inside and was discovered with this ingredient list. And so the, this product is Hawaiian shaved ice, ice syrup. So if you've had shaved ice, it's the flavor stuff that you that you put on top. Uh, for purposes of today's discussion, Don, which I think it'll probably maybe, maybe be important, maybe not, is cherry. Okay. Yeah. No, great for shaved ice, snow cones, soda, coffee, coffee. Ugh. Ice pops and other frozen treats. Uh, it is Hawaiian shaved ice brand. The ingredients, high fructose corn syrup, water, citric acid, sodium benzoate, artificial flavor, red number four. Now, it does- Artificial cherry flavor. Yes. It does say store in cool, dark place. I have intimate like knowledge of this product. I could tell you right now that I have classic cherry Hawaiian shaved ice in my house. Wow. Because I have a child who's obsessed. Do you use that in your coffee? Yeah, because I use it in my coffee. No, I have a child that bought a, a, a Hawaiian shaved ice machine on Timu, which is, <laughs> w w yeah, w w which is a whole, other, that's a whole other episode. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and and we I, I essentially run a Hawaiian shaved ice company out of my out of my living room right now. Are you getting a cut? Getting nothing. Getting nothing. Pays no rent. So all right, cherry shaved ice syrup, leaking cap seal outside, you know, for an hour. But I mean, I, let, let's talk. Let's talk through risk or not. Yeah. So so the, the the other challenge with the show with this show is we'll talk we're talking about the show on the show. Yeah. Um, what's in the show is the show. It's in the show. Um, uh, is we need to kind we can't we can't we can't waffle dither or equivocate too much but we have to do a little bit of waffling dithering and equivocating because i don't think people really want an episode that's like two minutes long where we say yeah not risky yeah we're done move on but also we probably shouldn't talk for 45 minutes or an hour because that's the other podcast where, where we're allowed to do that um but honestly i there's very little i can say about this i think this is flatly not risky Right. So the primary ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. So this is a low water activity product. Um, it's got preservative in it, right? It's got sodium benzoate. Um, the cap is leaking, but like, so what? Um, do we do we know? Is there any? There's probably no directions to. Oh, it says, doesn't say refrigerate after. No, nope. no. It just says store in a cool, dark place. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say not risky. I, I don't I don't see any way to get to risk on this. Now, should you? Crack, crack open all of your shaved ice flavors and leave them on the porch as a matter of practice? No, that's a bad idea, right? <laughs> <Can you tell laughs> me? Is the older one or the younger? It's the younger one. Younger one. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, I can't. No, I probably can't help you. Okay. I, I would, I would be happy to talk to him. Yeah, 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 good, good, okay. Um, but he no. listens to the show. So. Does he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's weird. Oh, that's nice. My, yeah, my kids listen to my podcast. Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> Right? Like there's no, there's no zero risk, but we're trying to like, so, we've established some sort of a threshold that, that we're comfortable with, which is risky or not. Is this something that we think it rises high enough to be like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. So, so what you're saying is that basically any food is potentially hazardous. I'm definitely, definitely saying See, that. it's a good yeah, thing good. we got rid of that term because it doesn't it's confusing. make any sense. It's confusing. Um, but I guess the last thing before we, we leave this part of the, um, part of the show is that we, we just did this. I, I'm sure like a whole bunch of you in, in the audience here at IAP were like, yeah, that's not risky, but there's someone out there who gets this product and is like, what should I do? Like, do I need to throw this out? What is it going to make me sick? What do I have to you know do? And, and that they 
are looking sometimes for validation of, yeah, it's fine, go ahead and do it. And sometimes like, uh, I think I'm gonna throw this out, but is it like, what, what, how do I, how do, how should I handle that? And so I, I feel like we've opened up this weird little, you know, corner of the internet to help answer those questions for, for folks. And it's different from what our, what our colleagues um, in the regulatory world, if we look at foodsafety.gov or other, you know, um, uh, spots about like, they're really black and white. Like these are the, here, here are the rules and let's fit within the box. What we've found as we've done this podcast is there's a certain section of the population doesn't want that. They want a little bit more. Okay. It's like, it, can I eat, can I eat this, which is a different podcast. We don't, we don't do that one, but okay. And why? Like, give us, give, give me like a little bit of why this is okay or, or this is not okay. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think I would be really interested to know how many people know what water activity is now, because that is something that we talk about a lot, right? We talk about pH and maybe people understand acidity. We also talk about water activity a lot. And I've got to imagine there's a whole bunch of nerds out there that now really understand water activity way better than they did before. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's I think that's a good thing, right? And and it's not just oh, we're going to appeal to the experts to give us an answer, but they're they're also going to do their best to tell us why they think that's the answer. And you know what? It's also okay if they disagree, and they're going to give you the reasons why they believe that something is risky or not. And I think I think that like learning that that smart people who know about something can come to different conclusions. I think that is also a very useful. It doesn't happen a lot. But it certainly doesn't never happen, and I think it's useful for people to, to 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 see that happen in real time. And and one of the other things too that's that's cool about the show is one occasionally one of us will miss something, and when the other guy goes to answer the question, they'll fill in that blank, and then you know we're it's it's I mean the, the rules of the show are you know changing, but but you can we've decided that we can change our vote right not not once the show's posted once the show's posted we're done right yeah. that's not getting changed even if we get more information later. We, that, then we talk about that on the other show where we can we can change our. We do follow but, up, yeah. exactly. But uh, but but that idea that that I'm going to have a conversation with somebody and it's going to last 10 or 15 minutes and we're probably right right at that limit right now. So I'll, I'll wrap this up. But the idea that you could learn from somebody else and change your opinion um, or that you missed something, um, I think is it is it really? It doesn't happen all the time. It, most of the time we're, we're consistently we're right right in the same ballpark with each other. But the fact that that can happen, I think, is, is informative to the listeners. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it kind of pulls back the curtain on how science works, right? Like that, yeah. that, that that's why we get together in these meetings is to hear those different perspectives and, and learn about new data that might change our opinions on on whether something's risky or not. Um, so we're, we're at, uh, you know, we got, uh, I don't know, seven or eight minutes left. Um, I think it'd probably be good for us to open up, um, some questions in the room. I know it's early, uh, but, but so, we'd love, yeah, but we'd love to hear any questions or, or feedback or, or a risky or not question or whatever. So, so let's open things up for, for questions. What was the master question oh. or was it the... Oh, I'm not sure that the mic was on. Okay. Yeah. But I can, I'll, I'll repeat I, your question. I'm not from New Jersey, never heard of this, and was it cooked? Yes. Yeah, it was wow, cooked. Was it no, it, it oh, was, no, it was not. Sorry. What it, it looked like it was cooked pasta. That was, yes. Yeah. So it turns out what it was, was some, someone cleaning out a dead relative's house. And the, and the dead relative was a bit of a prepper or a hoarder. And so they literally had hundreds of boxes of pasta and they took this uncooked pasta and they just put it in the woods and then it rained and then the pasta got 
kind of yes. grows from the rain. So, it, but at the time, at the time we did the episode, all we knew is that hundreds of pounds of pasta had showed up in New York. And, and, and it looked cooked. And it, and it, it looked, looked cooked. Because it, yeah. Again, all yeah. we had to go on was the news article and the photo, right? Yeah. And there were a couple of different photos from different angles, but it basically looked like cooked pasta. And it was not in the box or anything, right? Um, and then we found out after the fact, oh, yeah, somebody found out and they fessed up and said, sorry, I did it. We found out the real the real background. But, but I mean, but the answer still stands. Yeah, yeah. I think risky. I think we, yeah, we both said risky. Yeah. Also, a lot of people, a lot of people have now heard of Bacillus Sirius because of our yeah. podcast, right? Yeah. That wouldn't normally, that's like, well, okay, so what's in pasta? Well, it's got to be, it's got to be an organism that can survive in the dry state and maybe survive the pasta cooking process. And then, yeah. And again, and nobody, as far as I know, has done a challenge study where you take uh, uncooked pasta, and you put Bacillus series on it, and you add some water in the woods of New Jersey to see what would actually happen. Yeah, there's not My yet. guess is, well, I don't know. It's in food perception trends next month. I just prefaced that this is uh, most likely a stupid question. So, oh, no, so no. Uh, so we, I have a, we have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old at home, and we're trying our best to uh, consume fruits, which, and I feel like we're buying more fruits that they can consume. So uh, I think orange is the flavor of the month in our okay. households. We have a bunch of oranges in the, in the refrigerator, and every now and then you open the drawer, and one of them looks moldy. Yeah. Throw that out, all the other ones, we go ahead and eat it, uh, and I feel it to the six-year-old like nothing's going on, uh, risky or not. So, so to clarify the question, eating oranges that have been in the refrigerator next to an orange that was moldy, risky or not? If I got that right, yeah. And what I would hope might be in yeah. right one. And and, uh, and and I think there's you know part of this that we do have to add to is and feeding it to a six year old. And, right. And feeding yeah. it to a kid. Right. Yeah. I, I think not risky. Uh, now we and and mold and moldy food is something. And one of the great things about the website that we're using to host the podcast is you can go and search for mold. And you can find all of the times we've talked about mold and different mold food. We have not done that one. No. Um, but, and I'm going to say not risky. And, and the reason why not risky is um, the the certainly getting now it would have been a more interesting and and harder to answer question. You said, well, what if I cut off half of the moldy arm? You know, that, that, that's what I. That's for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't see a clear way to get to risky. Obviously, mold and aflatoxin. I think there is some inherent risk in the orange that has mold on it. Uh, with the other one, you're wiping it off, and it's, that's just no visible evidence of mold. And, and we have, because of doing these episodes, I have dug into. The, I'm not a mycologist or uh, or, or an aflatoxin mycotoxin expert. Uh, we should ask ask the mycotoxin expert what, what they think, but um, but I would say not risky, right? Just because uh, you're not going to get enough, even if it was toxigenic mold, and even if it was sitting next to it, how much aflatoxin you're going to get? Yeah, maybe there's some again, maybe there's some small risk, but some small risk or not is a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, and and I'll I'll add, um, you know, this is kind of what we do uh, also on the show. It's like two white guys googling and talking about it. Um, so I just Googled, uh, see if I can find something in Google Scholar about oranges and aflatoxin. Um, and there's a paper from 1976 about the inhibition growth of aflatoxin um, with citrus oils, specifically those derived from, um, from orange. Now, not without diving too much into the paper, you know, 
I don't, I don't know all, all the all the details, but that for for me would be enough to say that's something to to look at. If there's also inhibition, it it would make it you know not not risky um, for me. And and, and, I, I, yeah. and by not not risky, not you just mean not risky. Not risky. Yeah, I was just stuttering. That's good. You know, yeah. we've been doing it for two months. <laughs> it's good. All right. Well, let keep keep, yeah. keep collecting data. Let us yeah. know how it works. <laughs> Speaking of risky or not, how do you manage your own risk? You've got 10 to 15 oh. minutes, and you don't have context. So what's, what if the kid's asthmatic? What if raccoons licked the top of the cherry syrup sure. bottle so. before you got to the package, and the package integrity or the box was disrupted? So I'm just really so. curious to have that rapid fire answer questions like that. When you have the great reputations you do within the industry, at least for us non-normal folks who might rely on those answers, how do you mitigate well, your own risk? Well, yeah, so so one, I really, we should put a disclaimer on the website, you know, for entertainment purposes only, right? Like, yeah. uh, will we'll not actually prevent pregnancy or something like that. But um, <laughs> yeah. But but I would I would say part a big part of what can sometimes happen in the early part of the show is one of us asking the other for more context, or if we don't have context, defining the con. Mm -hmm. If there is a situational component to the risk. We uh, we want to get that super clear, right? Um, and and sometimes and very sometimes when we disagree, it's because we have framed it with additional context, and and mm -hmm. you know and 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 so we and we've got to do a little bit of negotiation in real time there as to whether we're gonna allow ourselves to have different context or the same context with a different interpretation. So, but yeah, I mean, you're right, and 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 yeah, and and I do think about it like a lot, like what if we get this wrong? Um, and and so far, I yep. think we're doing okay. Um, but it, it's it's not it's not something that we would do. I'm trying to think: is it is it riskier than what I would do normally as part of my job, right? And and the other thing too, this is this is a job that we I mean we joke about it, but this is a job that we do for free. It, it actually costs us money to make the podcast. We don't take advertising. We are not making money for this. We both count it. As part of our extension responsibility, so heaven forbid, should we really screw up, we are we are university lawyers. I'm hoping would would have our back, right? And yeah, just like if we were talking to a grower or consumer about a food safety issue, that you know it's something that as Don said, I think we both think about a lot, and we we're often answering questions you know for them or in the media. You know, we're between the two of us, we probably do two or three hundred media interviews a year. And and it's you know, that's one of the expectations that I think um at least from you know my administration is like this is great, you're you're out there doing um you know public service around uh, food safety messages. Um and you can get it, you know, there is there's always a chance that, that we're gonna get it wrong. But I, I agree with Tom, we try to we really try to frame the context and, and there are episodes that you can find out there that have little asterisks with it where it's like, hey. You know, it's it's few. Like, let's say there's 15 or 20 episodes that we've ever done where it's like this. We said not risky, but you really need to listen to the whole podcast, not just go with not risky, because the way that we frame the context is how we got to to not risky. And if and if it was just a generic question that that answered it, it you would maybe not give the same answer. But we had we had some more information. And, and like Don says, we try to we try to fill it in um, as best we can, and then also provide our assumptions if it's not there. We we did have somebody email us once about the, the food safety talk podcast, 
And he's like, yeah, I found your podcast and I listened to it and it took a really long time for you to get to the point. So from now on, I'm just going to read the webpage and all of your links and I'm not going to listen. I'm like, okay, that's yep. fine. You can, you, you can do that. I would say not do that with Risky or Not because again, <laughs> there is often important content. And again, the show notes and the links for Risky or Not are, are much less extensive than they are for Food Safety Talk just because it's a much shorter uh, shorter, shorter form podcast. Yeah, great question. I've, um, so I hate to cut this off, but it's, but, at, but it's at 8.18 and I have to go um, run a round table in 12 minutes somewhere. <laughs> I also don't have my badge, so I'm worried that security is going to tackle me. Um, so, um, so usually how we end this is just Don and I awkwardly saying oh, wait. goodbye to each other. Which which podcast are we ending? Well, I don't know. All the sometimes okay. we I so read the outro. So, so we, you want to read the risk you're not out? No, I just want to say bye. 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 Good luck. Get to go have a future roundtable. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Security.